This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. That's right. It's time for the Weekly Scramble. My name is Chris Reavers, and I do this show alongside of my guy. His name is Mike Fratelloni with... Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Store. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Reavers? I'm doing well. We were talking about the weather, and quick confession. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, yeah. I, I'm not joking when I say this, and I think you know this about me. Okay. I would rather have it be 10 below zero with a foot of snow outside. Really? Than yesterday's weather. That's how much I hate it. Yeah, we and have. Again, I, th- today yeah. is great. Well, it's like 89 or something. But it's when you nice. walk outside, you, you don't want to do anything. In weather like yesterday, it definitely confirms Sorry. why the people in the South move so slow, right? Well, and I'm not even joking. I mean, yeah, you just right. can't. If you had to go mow yards in the South on uh, days like today, uh, you surely wouldn't be hustling. You'd have to. You couldn't do it. You just physically you'd couldn't take hustle. Twenty thousand water breaks. Oh, I don't. I don't get it. I um, listened to the uh, the Monday Night Sports talk yesterday. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was a revelation on that show that I thought was amazing. First of all, hmm. someone brought up. Um, town ball, and it wasn't you. And it wasn't me. And there was was a long story about it, and it wasn't you. But the biggest thing is, Sujere says, now our our town ball game's just on the weekend, and that just proved to me (laughs) that he has never listened to one of your town ball stories in the history of your 10 years or 20 years of town ball stories. Because he, I'm like, what do you mean, Joe? He's telling a new town ball story about what happened last night in Faribault on a Tuesday. Every single week, he must just literally shut you off. So, here's what it's like working with the mayor. And, I, and, and, and let me preface this by saying, I love Joe. I really do. But I, that's the only reason we're on this show is because he has that show, right? Right, right exactly. Yeah. So, what, when you work with Joe, Kenny describes it best saying, well, we all know, Joe, that when any of us opens our mouth with a story that isn't pertaining to a subject you brought mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm. we all know you're just waiting for us to stop talking so <laughs> that you can then pick up the conversation. But he does run a really smooth show. Oh, he does. Right? I love working you on guys GL. You get all tangential. You, what you do is attempt to do this show on his show, but his has order and direction right. and planning. We have none of that. Yeah, we have none of that. <laughs> I did go up to my uh, cabin this last weekend. I brought my beautiful wife up nice. there. Oh, by the way, I had to apologize. I was making, making a joke the other day on the show, and I, I said, yeah, I sexted my girlfriend, and... Believe it or not, when you call your wife a girlfriend, yeah. she questions me like, who, who, who is this mythical girlfriend you have? Well, said, didn't she realize you were talking about her? Of, of course, but she just oh. didn't. She didn't clearly say this. So it was a faux pas on my part, gotcha. but she fully knew. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to tell you that I'm texting my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Of course, honey. So that, but I'm long beyond that. I've, I've uh, made amends Got and it. we are good. I took the 12 steps that I had to make and I am good. So, um, but anyways. You we just are, reminded me of something that happened to me that I got to share. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So we're up at the cabin and we're at this bar that has, and I kind of want to get your advice on this because you, you know, some guys in this, this realm. Okay. So this bar was having a classic wood boat show. Oh, right? cool. Beautiful boats. Like what, my, what lake? Um, it was uh, up in the Cross Lake area. Okay, gotcha, right? gotcha. And, and I don't know why I'm hiding it, but like people had like a 1923 Garwood and there's some Riva yachts. I'm there. shocked Joe wasn't there in all seriousness. It, it, it was really cool, but it was just at a bar. There was like 40 boats. Cool. And so I'm walking with my wife and my wife is a looker, right? And I'm behind her by about 20 feet and I see her walk by an obviously wealthy 
80-year-old guy, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he gives her the old kind of like, hey, baby, and just talks her up, staring at her, and then she kind of walks away because she paused for a fraction of a second, walks away, and then I catch up to him as she's kind of gone. And he turns to his buddy and he's like, oh, my God, look at that. I mean, just whatever you could say about mm -hmm, this, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I, I tell my wife, and she's like, yeah, I don't know what that was all about. And every time we'd walk by him, he'd say, hey, how, how are you doing now? Like, always hit on her, constantly trying to talk to her. Huh. So she said, you know, remember that movie with Demi Moore and Woody Harrelson, Indecent Proposal? Oh, my God. Right? And she wait, said, wait, wait. She brought this up. She brought that okay. up. Jokingly, okay. she said, okay. I wonder if, right? I wonder <laughs> if. She goes, would you let me, you know, do that for a million dollars? And I said, you don't know. No, don't. Like, I wouldn't want you to do that, right? right, right I'd right. much rather have you do it with an old rich guy than a young, handsome guy. But no, I don't want you to do that. <laughs> but then I had to say to her, honey, and I wanted to be super clear, that if any woman was ever dumb enough to offer her $1 million for me to sleep with that woman, she should take that money right now as soon as possible. Because <laughs> that woman is probably going to overpay by about a million bucks. Sure. Right? Yeah. So I said, you take it. I said, it would mean nothing to me. I, I could care less. You take it. We'll go on some vacations. We'll buy some new cars. We'll do it. Get that money. Right? And she said, so it's okay for you to do it. And I said, I won't have any emotion about it. It won't matter to me at all. Right? You, on the other hand, you might get teary-eyed. It might mean a big deal to you. I just don't care. So we fought about that for the rest of the weekend, basically. How it was okay for me to sleep with some random female millionaire. Sure. But not okay but for not her. But not for her. And, you know, and, I, and I bet you, I bet you this guy was so, first of all, it's like a group of billionaires hanging out with each other. And when I say billionaires, like I, I knew some of them and they were legitimate billionaire dudes. Wow. And I thought, this this could happen. Like that guy is that into you. This could actually happen. And it didn't. I didn't even broach the subject. Let me ask you something. Yes. So, Great story. It was a good story. How, no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, several, several questions yeah. have arose. So how early into the weekend was this? Was this Friday this, this afternoon? This was a Saturday afternoon, raining, right? Okay. It was supposed to be beautiful. It was raining, so everyone was stuck tight in the bar. Okay. And there was a lot of people. And there's a there's a couple of super high net worth people that have that Brainerd's Lakes area homes. Yep, like, yep. you know, just the richest people in the United States kind of thing. Right. And they were all there with their boats. And a, a guy that I know who um, just drives a boat himself and he doesn't like have a team of people with him. He was there and I was chit-chatting with him and he has like, you know, Lamborghinis up there. Just a bunch of cool stuff, right? right, right. And they're just happening to be on the same chain of lakes. Like, you know, I have the equivalent of it's it's a little bit better than the hovel, you know, or the or the <laughs> lean to. And then they have the I mean, one guy has like a sixty million dollar house up there. Holy I mean, cow. It, it looks like looks like five hotels locked together. I mean it's unbelievable. It's just, and he owns basically his own lake. Right, and that was not the guy because people are going to know who I'm talking about. That was not the guy sure. staring down my okay. wife. I mean, and I wanted to look at him. I'm like, dude, when does that end? Because he had to be 80 or late 70s, mid 70s. At what point do you just stop leering at a chick at a bar? Well, because having been on the um, side of the bar where I would have been serving a guy mm -hmm. like that, yeah, I, I'm not saying all of them. But sometimes there's just a mindset where you've accumulated enough wealth or you've accumulated enough status or you've done both. Yeah. And you have just never heard the word no throughout think, basically your entire existence. Or you're not even afraid of the word no because you know if you ask 100 people, 75 of them are going to say yes. So Correct. You, you can take that 25% loss. Right. And I, I had this other correlative thought. Mm -hmm. Do you think like money and power – 
correlates to having a really high lasting long sex drive cuz maybe I'm guys say that have no. I don't know that because huh. some guys just don't try anymore and they don't care and they kind of flatten out right <laughs> and I, and I I think I'm probably one of those guys right I don't know I'm not I'm not out at the bar just hunting down women when I'm married right I, I don't do that that's not my thing but some guys are just just hounds. They're just going after it. And this guy, he was long past his prime, unless he was doing the Everest Men's Health, where he just said, I don't care. I can do this. So I can tell you from personal experience, serving, mm-hmm. uh, being a bartender, that you will routinely, if you, if you are at an establishment long enough, you will routinely see the same people, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for instance, I remember I had at least a half a dozen guys that would always come to me because, A, they knew I was going to get their drinks faster than anybody on the planet, yeah. and, B, I was going to be super cool, and then I always knew that they were going to tip me well. Yeah. So it was like it was You're perfect like, you, relationship. You jump the other five guys because you see your guy who tips you, and you go get his. Well, it, it wasn't even like jump. They, they would wait sure. for me to okay. be available. Like They yeah. would say, no, no, no. I'm, I'm wait, like They would point at me like, I'm waiting for him. Right. So there was that side of it, but then there was also the side of – Sleazeball guy trying to hit on woman half his age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you always have to keep an eye on that, right? You always have to say, okay, is, okay, he, is, he, get, out, yeah. is he getting too aggressive here? Is she okay with however the, the, the interaction is going and mm-hmm. whatnot? And then I would say things like, oh, did, did he use the uh, vehicle line on you yet? And she'd say, what? And i said, well, he, this, is, this is coming. Yeah, like what and she say, "Oh, come on!" Car I drive. Five minutes later, she said, "Oh my God, how did you know that?" And really? I said, "Well, I see him every Saturday night in oh, here." And no, and, oh, and, and I would yeah. only do that if because you know there were times where I'd say, "Hey, bro, you're getting too aggressive. Mm-hmm. You got to go." Right, yeah, you got to calm down a little because bit, yeah. you know that's your job. You yeah, have to yeah. be mindful of protecting the, the the especially women. You don't want the pretty the women to not want to come to that bar because that bar is closed once the pretty women stop. Well, that's coming, just right? it. So anyway, um I forget where I was going with that. But th- so I get that that side of it because y- you see the same people trying to do the same thing nonstop. And for the most part, it typically doesn't work. Well, I was with my <laughs> my father's uncle, so he'd be my great uncle. His name was Milo, one of the best guys I've ever met in my entire life. He's okay. he's passed away now and he was in his late 80s. And my dad was probably in his late 60s, early 70s, and I was 40 or whatever. And we're driving down the road, and there was this beautiful girl jogging down the path. And I turned to my dad and I said, oh, my God, did you see her? And he said, I sure did. And my dad turns to his uncle, my great uncle, and said, Milo, did you see her? And he said, see her? I've already made love to her twice in my mind. It was the smoothest line ever. And I thought, when does it stop? When did when do right. guys stop doing that? And I don't know. Maybe maybe that's you don't want it to stop. You want to still feel that lust for life, right? Not that you have to do anything or be. I'm not talking disrespectfully at all. No, I get I'm what just, you're saying. Like that love of just fun stuff and just looking at babes and yeah. So <sighs> this past weekend, uh, this would have been Saturday. We were playing a game down by Sleepy Eye. Um, it was a really hot afternoon game, and then after the game. My wife and the boys and I had to go to Faribault because we were going to do Father's Day with my dad. Mm-hmm. So in that path, we you know we have to stop and get a couple of things to bring for the gathering, right? Because we're okay. going to do, hey, we're going to do Sloppy Joe's because my dad loves Sloppy Joe's. And actually, so do both my kids. So do I. Yeah. Uh, they're the best. Yes. And so she sa- I said, well, what do you want me to bring to my mom? And she said, oh, just grab ice cream because dad wants root beer floats. Okay, cool. No problem. So we happened to be driving through Mankato on the way back. And so we stopped and got groceries at the grocery store, and we, I said, well, let's drive through campus really quick, right? <laughs> so it's me, the, the, the bride, and the, and the boys. 
And so I said, oh, yeah, look at that. Remember that place? And I oh, remember, remember that place. Well, we were driving by uh, the apartments that we used to live in. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, she had her apartment. I had my apartment. But basically, we would sure. spend the night at each other's place mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> and I said, yeah, boys, that's where the magic happened. Oh. And I, when it came out, I'm like, why did I just say that? Why did and you she say? elbows me viciously. Like, yeah. you... You know, my boys are 10 and 7. And they're like, what magic? Dad, you did magic tricks? That's yeah. exactly what Is my kids really? said. Oh, that's so cute. So I said, I go, yeah, I used to you know, pull a rabbit out of my head. Yes, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and she's you know, got the forehead oh, slapped no. like, you idiot. And even every magic story sounds like a sexual innuendo, too, so you have to be careful, you know. This is where I hid the rabbit. It's like, what? Nope, that's not what I did. Oh, yeah. it was oh, just, it, it was funny. just, it came out, and you're like, no, wait, wait, wait. And then it was, wait, you used to do magic? Oh, but you see, are going to have such only... a rude awakening when they start knowing. Thank you for, yeah. that's exactly where I was going, because I'm thinking, I think this is probably the last time I'm going to be able to get away with, mm-hmm. like just randomly saying something. Like Do you have to talk with them yet? Does, does uh, you know, that school have it? I asked another dad who I'm very close with because mm-hmm. his kids are a little bit older than mine. And I, I did say when he yeah, said, when? well, you can get away. His theory was he has um, two boys and three girls and they're his boy, his oldest boy, two girls, another son, and then the baby girl. And so he said, well, you can kind of get go a long ways with the oldest kid mm-hmm. because you, he said, I think it was maybe fifth or sixth grade with my oldest son. The problem is the younger kids find out at a much, yeah, you know, find out much sooner than the oldest one. 13 does. minutes after you told the oldest correct, one. Right? Yeah. Correct. So yeah. he said, just be prepared that once you have that talk with the oldest one, Pretty much, you're going to have to have it with the the rest of the kids very soon thereafter. And I had some of the sweetest <laughs> questions when my school, my kids' Catholic school, started to break down how it worked, sure. and the birds and the bees, like the basics of what it. What age was it? If this I may was ask. Uh, probably sixth grade. Okay, when they so that's exactly that. what he said. Okay, and my daughter, and I'm not even going to say which one, came up with the most adorable questions. Like, oh, you truly do not understand this. Like, just like so. Like if I were to have sex with a puppy, would that I have puppies? You know, not not understanding just any of it. I'm like, none of that works that way. None. You can't do any of that. But I'm, you know, I'm glad she asked. She's. I have one daughter who there is no dumb question, right? right She'll ask. Right, she has right. no sense of like, oh, I'm embarrassed. Another one would never ask something ever. But it was super cute, and she was young. It might even been a little younger than sixth grade. But she just asked some real straightforward questions. I'm a straight shooter, right? I'm just a straight shooter. In fact, I I got in a little bit of a tiff with my wife last night because I said, hey, I want to talk to somebody about that because that's none of your business. I said, oh my God, I I don't care if you think it's my business or not. I'm going to go have the talk. Well, you shouldn't think about it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I don't care if they're mad at me. I don't care if they never speak to me again. I'm still going to tell them what I need to tell them. Sure, sure, sure. And and, and some people aren't afraid of those conversations and other people are brutally afraid. Like I would never talk. I'm like, well, I don't want something to happen in this scenario. I have to say something. It's also, I guess, a completely different discussion, right? When it's a father with his sons mm. and a father with his daughters. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't isn't it kind of a I don't, completely I don't different know. conversation? It seems like I, I said everything right from the get go. Sure. Like what? That, what am I going to lie? You know, I don't. And I said, in fact, I even I even went so far as say, quit, don't ask me about Santa Claus. Don't ask me. Right? If they'd ask me, I'd say, don't ask it because I don't want to sit here. Right. And I, it seems odd that you lie to children about Santa Claus for for years, and then you say, ha, gotcha, and they're like, wait, what? Well, because. Okay, the reason I asked or said what I said earlier is because I've always had kind of a rule with with my two boys. I've just said, listen, 
you know, if you're always telling me the truth, I'll never get mad yeah. at you. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is. I'll be more mad that you lied to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, said the same thing about, you know, like personal stuff, because I think they feel probably more comfortable asking me about it than asking mom about yeah, it, because sure. you know, it's just a different conversation. Because I've always said, hey, if you've got a question about something, I will never make fun of you. Yeah. And if something physically happens to you, you know, you, you wet the bed, whatever, mm-hmm. I, I'll never make yeah, fun of you, yeah. but you just got to tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, because the last thing I want is to walk in your room and go, did you wet? Oh, yeah, yeah I did that like three days ago. Yeah, well, no, 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 you got to tell me. Fact, yes. You got to tell yeah. me so I can wash yeah. your bedding and stuff yeah. like that. So that's just always kind of been my rule mm-hmm. is I'll never make fun of you, but you got to just tell me what, what like what happened or you, what, you what your question is. You want open and honesty. Right, because yeah. honest, th- th- nothing but think about the, the ramifications of hiding something like that from your, you know, it's, it's, it just can never... It can do nothing but harm, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, what what long-term. good does it do? Right. I know. The kids are great. We have, you know, I had taken a synopsis of a few of our shows. Okay. And we go really all over the board. We really do. I, that's what I like. But we talk a lot about kids, right? So, Some people probably have kids that listen. I, I ran into a listener, oddly enough, mm-hmm. at a town baseball game Okay. this last weekend. And he was asking me about both. He's a huge Garage Logic fan mm-hmm. and listens to our show, too. Mm-hmm. And so he basically asked me, so... You when you like do the show, does I go, well? Basically, here's how here's how show prep works. I pretty much know when I read the paper or watch the news mm-hmm. or go online, whatever. I say, oh, Joe's definitely going to bring that up, and obviously because we're f- mainly focused on what happens here in the Twin Locally, Cities, the yeah. state of Minnesota, but also in Washington, things like that. And so I say, well, I, you you pretty much have to read about for every story that Joe brings up. You have to read five additional ones just in case he happens to go down that route. Mm-hmm. And so because we've all worked together so long, you kind of know what direction he's going to go. And then just also to give you a reference point in case he looks at you like, you better have a comment on this. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, yeah, but man. yeah, so f- same, he goes, oh, so is that how you and Mike do it? I go, no, no, not even remotely <laughs> close. I said, Mike and I just kind of know what interests each other. And then we just spitball it for 45 minutes. In every fact, week. about three minutes before the show started, you turned to me and said, I've been so busy <laughs> that I have no idea what we're possibly going to talk about. And I said, you know, I have a story about old men hitting on young girls. There and you he go. said, run with it. And run. that was our show prep. There we go. So the uh, father's day was of course on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I saw a great tweet that I, I love this. Cause I used to have this on our fridge at when I was growing up. And I think I can't remember if my mom put it up for my dad or if my dad put it up for my mom, but I'm almost guessing it was my mom that that, that did because it was the famous Harmon Killebrew quote. Okay. You know this one? Uh, maybe. Uh, it says, my father used to play with my brother and me in the yard. Mother would come out and say, you're tearing up the grass. We're not raising grass, dad would say. We're raising boys. Aww. And I freaking love that quote. Yeah, that's a good quote. Because I'm yeah. the one that says, you're wrecking the... Oh, yeah, that's right. The yeah, kids, yeah. they're supposed to be done. You got to run around and, for a while. And do that yeah. crap. Then but, they're going to yeah. drive the car across the yard, and you're going to say, what, what are you doing, you morons? <laughs> <laughs> you just learn how to drive? Come on. Well, because Father's Day for me, because this, this would have been my 10th Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're running around. We've been so busy. She said, oh, what do you want to do? And I said, this is the one day we have not had to go anywhere. Or I haven't had to go anywhere in about four weeks and without hyperbole. Okay. Every day on the weekend, we're going doing to a ball game. Yeah. We're going somewhere and doing something. I said, I don't want to leave the house. And she said, really? That's that's it? I said, that's all I want to do. That's all. I don't want to drive another 60 miles. I want to watch the Twins game, and I'll mm. fire up the grill, which was 1,000 degrees, but mm. it didn't care. Literally, that's what I want to do for Father's Day. Yeah. That's a, that's I want nice to do Father's nothing. Day. And then have a couple beers and call it a day. 
You know, that go was to bed been, at like 8.30. Oh, it would have been. Uh, we were up later than 8.30 because this is the longest day of the year. It is today. today I yeah. know it's because we record on Tuesdays. Obviously, this yep. is going to come out on Tuesday. It is kind of that is depressing that it's the longest day of the year. In fact, I'm having a little party at my house tonight, right? Because for the nice. uh, this summer, summer solstice, solstice yes. celebration, right? And we're going to party until like. Probably not 945. Yeah, but like way <laughs> earlier than that. And someone said, oh, what are you going to grill? And I said, did you just meet me? I'm going to order some food. It's going to come to the house. If you want it, great. If you don't, you're out of luck. Go to Super America and get something. But see, I, I you know, I enjoy it. Just the, the whole, at least when it's just my, not for mm. a thousand people. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's kind of fun to just sit up there. Oh, yeah, I've got to check this. That's it's okay. I just, I don't the, know. The whole process of grilling. Yeah. And, yeah. I, don't, just, I don't know. I Again, I don't like people in my you, house. I know that you, sounds weird. You sell grills for a living. I, I have a few grills, right? I do the whole bit. I have them all. I just, that it, it's not fun all of a sudden to become super stressful because am um, I screwing this all up for people? In, in fact, it was great. On Father's Day, my brother said, hey, we're going to come over to your house next weekend and we're going to bring these big lamb chops and we'll, we'll grill them. And I said, I, I don't want to do any of that. Come over. <laughs> Right, but I don't want to have it catered. I, I'll have you know. I'll go get. And when I say have it catered, I mean like I'll pick up, you know, roasted chicken from a chicken place. Sure, you know, right, right. upgraded from KFCs, but not that far. You know, it's just because it's got to be easy. I don't need to spend two hours cooking. And oh, do you have the right plate that you'd use for the salad? Nope, I don't. No. I have paper plates right there. That's why we toss them away after the end. I, I mean, I I lived for years with no dishes. I don't know if you knew that. What? I lived for like like maybe 15 years with no dishes. You're I, No, come on. You're lying. I would eat either out of the wrapper of the McDonald's that I got, right, or whatever the fast food. And I had I went out and bought a thousand paper plates, you know, those white paper plates. Uh-huh. And that lasted me 10 years plus. In fact, I didn't get silverware. Let me tell you one story. We had an apartment that we would rent out, right? And this guy stopped paying rent. And like six months later, we finally kick him out of this place, right? Okay. And he leaves a ton of junk in his house, just filthy junk. But I open up one of the drawers and there's a full set of nice silverware. And I said, huh, finally have silverware. So that's how I got my first thing of silverware. And I have money to buy stuff. I could go buy silverware. I, I technically am not starving you to death, just right? chose not to. I just, it just wasn't important to me. So I had used it. And it's funny because when my girlfriend then, wife now, said to me, where, you know, all your forks are different and all your... And I'm like, Nothing yeah, I got, I got them out of some apartment that we had to loaded with roaches that I had to clean out and get this. And she's like, I've been eating off of like some random person, some random tenant. Oh, and no, I'm like, that got you in trouble. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, next, you know, gift opportunity. And now I have the best silverware that I can't even find because every time I, I think she moves them in the kitchen. You're reminding me of something, and this is going to be a complete left turn, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what we do. In fact, that's probably what we should have called the show. Hmm. Left turn. Another left turn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's kind of genius. Which way do we go? Another left turn. Um, so earlier today, and we didn't really dive as deep into it as I thought we would on Garage Logic, and I think it's worth bringing it up here because you're the perfect person to ask this question. So Sunday, speaking of really didn't want to do anything, just mm-hmm. wanted to sit in the air conditioning, watch a ball game, and have some cold ones and call it a day, right? Fire up the grill at about 5 o'clock, whatever. So I'm just looking at social media, and I was watching the news because it was early in the morning, and I came across a tweet from... I believe it was Saturday at the Stone Arch Bridge Festival. And it's from a guy that I've met and I know, and I actually like him, and I, so I'm not going to name him. But he tweeted out a photo of a decent group of people at the Stone Arch Bridge Festival, mm-hmm. and basically the, the, the caption basically read, looks like it's a tough day for the, quote-unquote, 
I'm never going to Minneapolis again crowd, you know, because there's a lot of people saying sure. too much crowd. And I'm thinking, okay, sure, there's a decent group of people at 10 o'clock in the morning on a, on a Saturday or yeah. Sunday or yeah. whatever day it was. Yeah. That's fine. But you're really going to sit here and suggest that the cities, both Minneapolis and St. Paul, don't have significant mm-hmm. problems right now? Yeah, none of those people are in Minneapolis at 10 p.m. And it gets to mm-hmm. my larger point. Because the best was just grabbing your popcorn and reading the comments and watching people bicker with one another, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's just what Twitter was made for. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, I've worked in Minneapolis since 2001, Mm -hmm. right? That's when I first got done with school and first started working across the town at a different radio station. And I've worked in the city ever since, right? Love it here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love the city. Yeah, I don't really do as much in the city as I once did, but whatever. But the larger point is... When did it? When did the tide turn? Where unless you lived in downtown Minneapolis, worked in downtown Minneapolis, you don't deserve the right to comment about downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, when know. did that happen? I don't know. Well, but, I mean, but I, I'm noticing that more and more lately. And and with people I know personally, I've even gotten into it not on social media, but but you know, in having face to face conversation, and and their comeback to me is, "Well, you don't live here anyway." You know what that is? That's poor marketing on their part. Because you, you know what that guy could have written about the Stone Arch Bridge? He could say, hey, it's a beautiful day in Minneapolis. Look at Everyone's having a fun, safe sure. time in our beautiful town. But instead. But instead, right. he got snarky. Snarky? Sure. Snarky? Yeah. I said snarky. I, I, like I made that it, word. I added another syllable yeah. to it or something. He got snarky and said, hey, doofuses, you don't have to be so afraid of living. I live downtown and I'm fine. That's poor marketing. So right. people who market poorly are people who are afraid that they're going down. But I think right? the snarkiness comes from a place where they know what the truth actually is. Yes. But they're yeah. trying to present an image that it's a false na- that an image that is a false narrative. Did that make sense? It, it, Was that a it, sense? They're, they're, yes. They're, because I'm noticing, too, where... okay. And and I would say to this person, to their face, I would say, you know what? There's a reason I don't live in the city anymore. Mm-hmm. I did at one point. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I enjoyed it. But I could say, well, I don't know. There's, I, I find issue with this. I find issue with that. And I know a ton of people that live in the city and raise their kids here. Yeah. I'm just one that chose not to. Right? I chose to move to the suburbs because that was my decision. A lot I of still, people do. I still yeah. work here and I, you know, whatever. But I just thought, well, wait a minute. Who are you to say that I don't have the right to, to comment about this? I just I find that and, hilarious. And it's such. It, I think Minneapolis needs some real positive stories to happen. I really do. And that that kid could have had an opportunity to say. Well, in fact, you know who this person oh, is. He actually. could have just said, "Come down, it's beautiful <laughs> yeah. down here, right? This is just beautiful. Look at how." And because Minneapolis can be a beautiful place. Sure. It's funny. The other night, I said to my wife, "I said, hey, let's go downtown, right? We have we very we used to go downtown." A fair amount, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when we were dating at the beginning. We'd go, you know, that's because where some of the finer restaurants were. So we'd go downtown. And it seemed like a bigger night out if we'd go downtown Minneapolis. So I said, let's go downtown. So she said, oh, I don't want to walk. And I said, well, you know, we're going to valet. It doesn't matter. So I called this restaurant. And I said, hey, do you have anything? And they said, we close at nine. <laughs> so, well, you can't close at nine. I mean, I, I, what do you mean you close at nine? Your valet's done at nine? He goes, no, we're closed. Our kitchen's closed. And then we wrap it up. I'm like, oh, well, it's 821. So I guess I can't go downtown. It's like that seemed weird that that's when they had to close. Well, I just looked it up. And we all get it. I guess the reason I I, I find it shocking, it's because I know who this person is. Mm And I know what their ideology is. Okay. I also know who they probably voted for. Oh. And I think some of that, when that comes home to roost, they realize, oh, God, this is a direct result of the way I've decided to cast my ballot. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that person's not alone. So I'm not singling them out for that reason. But 
there's a reason that a lot of people are fearful, not fear. Yeah, fearful is the right word of bringing their family. Look, look I, I just looked this up. The Twins right now are a first place operation. Mm-hmm. They have a huge series coming up against Cleveland starting tonight. They are 21st in Major League Baseball in attendance. Wow. Wow. That's not no. That, that you can't I mean, say that's a coincidence. I wonder how much of that is April bad weather. You don't think I mean a little bit could be. Yeah. It was it was ugly for a month into the True, season, right? But they've also had 33 home games to date. And I don't even think that they're in I don't even think they're in the top half. In oh, terms wow. of number of home games that they've had, in, in arguably one of the most beautiful stadiums, right? Right. I mean, it, it's a. It's and a, I went. It's in the top ten stadiums. I probably. brought my wife and kids to the Seattle game, the opening weekend. It was a beautiful Saturday, mm-hmm. and we went and we parked right in the ramp by there. We had no issues whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah. I get that Target Field itself is incredibly safe, but it's a lot of people are worried about getting to and from their vehicle, mm-hmm. and there's. And the Twins share some of that concern. I've heard guys like Dave St. Peter go on interviews and say, hey, we, we get the reality of the situation, and we can just assure fans that when they're at Target Field, they're safe. And I and I believe him when he says that. I think so, too. And, you know, if you're coming to the game with 10,000 other people and you're leaving the game with 10,000 other people, you're you're in mass, right? You're yeah. probably doing – did you guys give – and I don't know if you guys talked about this on GL. I ha, I'm not caught up completely. In fact, sure. of course, I didn't listen to today's show because you guys just re- finished recording when I got here. Did you talk about Mayor Fry vetoing the shutdown of Hennepin Avenue? No. Did you go? Okay, so Hennepin Avenue uh, from like 19th, so Franklin, yep. all the way down to Lake Street, basically. Yep. You know, all the main uptown Hennepin Avenue. Yep. They wanted to put in a bike lane. What? That would take – all the parking off the road. All the parking off. They already have the red this bike lane. This was proposed lane. from the city council, I would guess? It was proposed, and it the mayor, Mayor Fry, God bless him, vetoed the bill. So I thought, what would you do? And so in some of Hennepin right now, there's a red bus and bike lane, yep. and you can park there during off hours. So if it's not, you know, the three to six and if it's not the seven to nine AM, you know, where the bus the and, rush. And, yep. I'm, and I'm not right on those time periods, but you know, roughly the rush hour time periods. If it's not those, you can park there still. It's super confusing because you're pulling up onto a red lane that says bus and you're like, I mm-hmm. don't know if I can park here. But they wanted to extend that and make it no parking whatsoever. All the way down, I believe, to Lake Street. Don't, again, quote me on the specifics. But a decent chunk. But a a big chunk where everybody who has those small little shops that don't have any back parking or there's no road parking by them would have just been out of luck. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Good luck to the commerce in in that stretch. You know, we we have a store at 28th and and Hennepin, right? And we luckily have a huge parking lot that has ample parking. But if they took the... 30 continuous parking spots that are right in front of our door where people can pull up and hop out and walk 10 feet to get in the front of our I mean, it's really convenient. If they took that away, then our parking spots would be packed solid. Then people would have to park blocks, legitimately blocks away to get to the hardware store. That would basically... It would be very, very difficult to do business. Or we'd have to become complete parking Nazis in our parking lot and say, if you walk any place besides the hardware store... We're towing you out instantaneously, right? Mm-hmm. We'd have to make it really, really, really hard to, to – someone would have to just be outside all day long. How did I miss this? I don't know, but I, I just thank Mayor Fry, and this goes back to GL. Like, when they do something – let me restate that. When the Mayor Fry or when Mayor Fry does something that I agree with, I have to make sure that I tell him <laughs> thank you and I agree with him, right? right? Because if we only yell at politicians, then we don't win. Right, it's it's hard to get our message around if we're if they're only getting yelled at. Well, Joe had said that 
Fry's, you know, when when he was up for re-election this last mm. November, they better hope to God he gets re-elected I, because if whoever else will, what what's left of the city, we just long for the days of Mayor uh, Sharon Sales Belton. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, and she's a moderate. She was a moderate, right? Mm-hmm. And and again, I'm not talking politics. I don't care either way. But I'm so glad that Fry didn't take away. Our ability to park wow, on Hennepin I just, Avenue. I, I, this must have flew under the radar because normally I would have uh, been all over something. It was like a that. big deal. Wow. You know, we we happen to own that property. My family and I own that property on Twenty Eighth and Hennepin. We own the whole corner, right? And and I thought, well, congratulations, property value. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? Of oh, well, congratulations. No one can park anywhere near so here. That goes back to then what I what I said when I was referencing. Oh, I almost said his name when I was referencing the tweet I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Because I'm thinking, okay, have, have you looked around? Have you noticed that basically what what would you say, because you're Mr. Out and About, you go out to eat quite a bit. In Minneapolis, what what is left of the service industry, let's say in February of 2020? Because in March, it started oh, to yeah. slow down, down because 40, of the pandemic. 50%, At right? least, right? Yeah. I mean, At half least. the restaurants are gone. And, no. and, I'm, and I was talking to a restaurant owner, a, a Minneapolis restaurant owner, two months ago, and he says... This isn't coming back. Not quick. He Not said, quickly, well, no, and he even no. he even said he didn't think long term because of so many. He just he said so many factors have come into play here. Whether it's obviously the pandemic resulted in the casualty of a lot of of, of a lot mm-hmm. of businesses. Unfortunately, and he you said, can't but, really blame that. Right? We but, didn't all know what was going to happen. But he also said that some of these places that might have decided to come back once all the restrictions were lifted mm-hmm. have said, "Well, okay." You're making me pay people twice what I had to pay them before. You now have put in so much regulation that I'm not even going to be able to make money. Then why would I? Yeah, why would you reopen? Yeah. And also not only reopen but reinvest mm-hmm. into that specific location when I don't even know if people are going to be coming to the city anymore. Yeah. It's very and just those restrictions it, you know, I think they're they're good for the employee and they're good for the employer in some cases. The problem is, is they can be very confusing. So Minneapolis has that sick and safe rule for every 30 hours you work, you get one hour of sick and safe time right. can be used. And it's like, OK, I get that. But if you're a small proprietor with just a handful of employees tracking, OK, wait, how many hours did Bob work last month? Right. How many sick and safe hours? I mean, it becomes super confusing. Right? Right, right. And the last thing you want to do is have Bob call up and say, hey, he's not paying me my sick and safe. It's like we are. We just have to do the math on it. And it takes an extra 10 hours a year. Did you see? I, I don't remember which outlet, if it was Fox 9 or Carol, one, one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember which one. But they did this big piece on the new Taco Bell. Oh, have you yeah, seen the yep, new Taco yep, Bell yep. where you... Oh, cool! I pull up, I place my order, and a robot brings me down my mm-hmm. food. W- well, c- congratulations! This is what the result of fifteen dollars an hour or whatever, yep. whatever minimum wage. That's why this is taking place because Taco Bell has said, "Okay, we're not going to make any money no, yeah. because we have to pay a high school kid fifteen bucks an hour to be a third as productive as this." $10,000 robot that we only have to pay one time is going to be for eternity. I get, for some reason, you know, your Facebook feed slowly starts to learn what you like. Algorithms, and, like. Algorithms. So I get this ad for a fry machine that's all robotic, right? Okay. And I thought, well, I don't own restaurants. I'm like, why do why do I always get this ad for, get your fry costs down to nothing? I'm like, I, okay, cool. I might want to buy one because at the <laughs> house that'd be kind of nice. <laughs> right. But I, I just think to myself, why am I getting this algorithm? But yeah, they're really they're really talking about AI. Did you see that that um, guy who's suing Google because he got fired because he said 
one of the AI projects he's working on, the artificial intelligence, expressed to him that it's alive and that it feels and that they're trying to do things. And this guy says this AI project that he's working on is becoming sentient. And the, he wrote a 20-page diatribe, and they they did it in the Washington Post or something, right? They published it somewhere. And Google went, thank you, but no thank you. And they fired this guy, right? They let him go. And it's just an interesting story how, and the guy could be a complete crackpot. And the people at Google. Or. Or, <laughs> yeah, but the people at Google were like, well, of course it says it has feelings. We've programmed it to say, I have feelings. Don't shut me off, you know? And they were kind of like saying, that's not, it's not coming up with that. We've programmed it to try to be human-like nothing to see here so my mind with this with this ai is we won't understand how strong ai is until it they takes make, it over the entire world well right we won't care if someone shuts off a computer but once they make ai look human and they put it into a gadget that has some look to it let's say they put it into a 12 year old girl look where the AI is coming out of this sweet 12-year-old kid, then someone's going to say, shut that off. And they're going to say, no, look at it. It's pretty now. It has emotions and it it has facial structures. If it's just a keyboard telling me it feels sad, congratulations, I'm wasting power. Boom, I'm shutting you off, right? But as soon as they get it into something that has, or a puppy's You're face. You're terrifying me right now. Right? Yeah. You put AI in a puppy, tell me how many people are going to shut off their puppy. If it comes and says, please pet me for a little longer, and you're going to say, oh gosh, I have to now pet. And it, it, We probably proved that. Remember those when those kids had those little eggs that they had to feed? And it was like a, a little a little toy that they had to feed every four hours, and if they didn't feed it, the toy... A giggy, uh, it was something Japanese. You know how the Japanese always pretend they have children, but don't actually have children? Right. It was one of those, my kids had one for a while, and they said, oh, I forgot to water mine. I'm like, well, throw it away, because it's now dead. <laughs> they, they didn't like that part. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't like me telling them that their toy was dead. Well, it, we were, yeah. I, I, I have no idea how the hell, all, how the hell we got. We didn't even discuss the U.S. Open yet. Will you do me a favor, when you write up what this show's about, just... Try to find as many topics that we talked about because we talked about so no, many topics. No, I think what I'm going to do open. because I, I I guess I'm so enamored by the phrase I just came up with. I'm just going to say weekly scramble, left, left turn turns. after left turn yeah. after left turn. Let's, let's make it right turns, right turn, right turn after right turn. Okay. Okay. I mean, left turn then right turn. No. I'm yeah, <laughs> we're going in circles. Okay. Is what you're going? Because I even had a great Adrian Peterson Father's Day joke uh, lined up, and I, I I kind of forgot it. Oh no, I don't know if you could tell an Adrian Peterson. Well, I, and I, I I shouldn't I shouldn't claim it completely because I it was from a Twitter account that I follow. Mm -hmm. uh, you got you, you you know negative Dave, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, follows both Dave, of us, yes. and uh, he had a pretty funny one where it was just basically thirty kids in line, and it just said. Adrian Peterson's kids waiting to say hi to him on Father's Day. Oh, thought, no. Well, that's that's kind of mean, but or, also or, very funny. Yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if those jokes work. I don't know if you can play those jokes anymore. Uh, probably not. Yeah. But, yeah who cares? Yeah, poor, poor We're kids. a podcast yes, now, Mike. Yeah. What do we that's care true. about who's gonna, standards? Who's going to tell us anything? All right. So yeah. who was the guy that won the U.S. Open? Fitzpatrick. Yeah, because I watched a fair amount of it. I Did was you? flipping back and forth oh. between that and the Twins game. I like the majors, and I only basically watch it on Sunday. Did you see the payoff? It was three mil. Because they finally the the live golf uh, you know the the golf program right, or golf right, right. tour is paying people ten million bucks or seven million bucks. There's a fifty million dollar prize at the end of the year at the live golf tournament tour 
Well, Something no like wonder that. Brooks Kepka also just joined them. Oh, did Brooks leave too? I thought I heard that yeah. this morning. So all they're going to do is play majors, because that's not part of the PGA. So they're going to play majors and live. And I don't think live is going to be around for that long, to tell you the truth. So that was what I was going to ask, because you know, Joe and Pat talked about it a little bit yesterday during Monday Night Sports Suck. And I'm not a big enough golf fan to really get worked up about this or whatever, because mm-hmm. Pat had a giant, a, a little tirade about how these guys shouldn't get qualified in the world player ranking, to which I said, well, who gives a damn what well, your ranking is? Or is that sponsor-related? Yeah, that's sponsor-related. Oh, if, you're, okay. if you're in the top 50, like all your winnings double, I mean, it's huge. It's a big, big thing. Remember oh, okay. I had that conversation with that. I played in one of those programs, and yeah. Keegan Bradley said, that's the only thing I care about. That's the, oh, all I care about Okay, my so then it is, it is that big yeah, of a deal. Yeah, if I fall okay. out of the top 50, I make half of the amount of money I make. Really? I'm like, ooh, that's a big deal. But then won't these guys that are leaving for this other tour, won't whatever they're going to make from the live tour fly and surpass uh, whatever yeah. they're making? Yeah, I, I would imagine. I mean, what is Brooke kept, what's Brooks going to get? He's going to get $100 million bucks, $150 well, million. Did, bucks. I mean, he has to get more than Dustin Johnson. He's a much no. more accomplished player, isn't no. he? No, no, DJ. Isn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they're rough <clears throat> the same. I, they're I mean, on par. Yes. Yeah, they have to get 150 I mean, that's. I mean, that's a big payday. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. And they're young, right? So they're going to get this money young, and unless they're complete morons, they're set for generations. Right. I mean, although Dustin, like, he's got a, you know, father-in-law that's probably got a lot of money. You know how much that has to crush them that, you know, so uh, um, Dustin's father-in-law. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Mm -hmm. He probably made $8 million playing professional hockey as arguably the best hockey player in the history of the world. And Dustin gets $8 million for one tournament. One tournament and his sponsors thing. I mean, it's got to just be shocking to so them. So this weekend, this is how much I party. Okay. I was looking up Ricky Henderson's baseball reference page. Okay. Don't ask me why. Why? Okay. Ricky Pol- sh- uh, happened to pop up mm-hmm. in my time. I'm like, oh, I'm going to look it up his baseball reference page. So I looked it up. Over his career, he had a long career. He played 25 years Holy in Major League Baseball. Wow. What okay. A run. Yeah. 20 years old to 44. Mm-hmm. All right. He had a really good long run. His career earnings in Major League Baseball are $44.5 million. Wow. Russell Westbrook of the Los Angeles Lakers is going to make that next season. Next season. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, that is, and I, I get the times are different. Just right? a different I mean, it's, world. It, yep. it's a, it, times are different. It's a different world. They, they should have seen what they had back then and said, and pushed a little harder to the ownership and said, hey, you guys are doing all right. Let's let's bump up the pay. Although they were making back then, that was still a lot of money. Yeah, three right? million bucks in 1989. I think he was the highest paid player in baseball. Yeah, so that I, I, I remember that good. because he was surpassed by Kirby when Kirby signed his new deal with the Twins. Oh, was and he? he okay. be, yeah, I think he was the highest paid player for about six minutes in baseball. Oh yeah. So and it was like three and a half million dollars, I believe, is what How it was. How cool would that feel? How cool to be a professional athlete and be the highest paid in right. your field? Right. You just have to be like, I'm the best of the best of the best. Right. And then no, you just you're the best of the best <laughs> of the best, Michael Reavers. You're the best. Thank you so much. Uh, please do us a favor, rate and review the show on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening on. We would greatly appreciate it. His name is Mike Fredoloni. My name is Chris Reavers. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then. Cheers.